This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. And here we go. Welcome inside our first Wednesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino, all around the table. Yes, Wednesdays, we will be on here on TSN 1050 from 10 a.m. to noon throughout the golf season. And there's a ton of news to get to today. So glad we have two shows this week and uh, every week here going forward. Let's bring the gents into the conversation. First, Mark, uh, you well, tell us where you are and, uh, and, what you've, and you played golf yesterday, I believe so too, correct? Yeah, I'm living a very glamorous life at the moment, moment gentlemen. Uh, it's nice to be in Palm Springs. I'm in California awaiting the arrival of you two gentlemen because I did not want to fly home from California to turn around and fly right back and join you gents in Carlsbad. But where I'm staying in Palm Springs this morning is so close to the mountain. I've got no cellular reception at all. So I'm sitting in Yes, pharmacy parking lot doing Golf Talk Canada with you gentlemen this morning looking for 5G signal and I finally found one. So <laughs> Mark, Mark, if, if, uh, Mark, if you were uh, if you were really life. committed, you would have climbed to the top of the mountain. <laughs> exactly, Bob. But oh. I did play golf yesterday, guys. I got to tell you, what a wonderful golf course. It's called, it's called uh, Stone Eagle Golf Club. In, uh, in Palm Springs, I believe it's Indian Wells to be exact, technically speaking, but in the desert here, Tom Doak Golf Course, uh, and one of the few private clubs or public clubs for that matter in the area where they're not allowed to build houses because of, uh, I guess, some of the bylaws on the land up against the mountain, yada, yada, yada. They're not allowed to build the giant community. So it's you're out there in the desert. You guys would love it. Well, there you go. And well, we've got a very busy show uh, today for our first Wednesday edition of GTC. Of course, we're going to preview the Farmers Insurance Open, which gets underway in two hours. Yes, a Wednesday to Saturday tournament this week to not conflict with the NFL's schedule for Championship Sunday this coming Sunday. So PGA Tour Wednesday to Saturday. There's a Canadian leading a professional golf tournament right now. We'll get to that shortly as well. Plus, we'll be joined by John Rollins who is on the PGA Tour radio team this week at Farmers Insurance Open. But before we get to all that, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger, everybody knows one. Okay, so before we get into the Farmers Insurance Open, before we get into some fantasy, some betting talks, some long shots, Canadian odds, four Canadians playing at Torrey Pines at the North and South Courses this week, Let's go to the Corn Ferry Tour, where Ben Silverman currently has a two-shot lead heading into the final round in the Bahamas. And Bob, this is a player who had PGA Tour status a couple of years ago. Uh, he's been a journeyman, we can call it that, in professional golf. Just how significant of a victory would this be if he were to get this done? Well, it'd be huge for Ben. He's sort of been looking for a place to play on a regular basis, and this would, obviously, winning would not only give him... Um, give him full status for the rest of the year on Corn Ferry, but give him a leg up on trying to get back into the PGA Tour. Uh, they have some different methods of how the Corn Ferry players are going to get advanced and all that. 
but still it's huge. And listen, I, I, I give Ben a lot of credit. He was a guy who started a professional golf very late. And if you follow him on uh, Instagram, this guy <laughs> works so hard. He's in the gym all the time. He's on the range all the time. So um, he's, he's been sort of the king of the mini tours in, in the Florida area. And uh, this would be a great step up for him. Even if he doesn't win, a good finish here would go a long way for him uh, for the rest of the year. And Ben doesn't tee off for a couple of hours. He'll be on. He actually his tee his first uh, tee shot won't be off until after our show is off the air today. So stay tuned to our social media feeds throughout today, Wednesday, as we update you on Ben Silverman. But I mentioned Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines Wednesday to Saturday finish for the second consecutive year. Mark, what are your thoughts on the PGA Tour doing this to avoid the NFL on Championship Sunday? I think it's brilliant, and I was saying last week, gents, at the at the Amex, I'm like, why are we playing golf on a Sunday in January? I mean, I understand the PGA Tour's position that they, they need to uh, put up the, the face or the front that, you know, we, you know we're, we're the number one sports event happening, we're, you know, we're the number one tour, yada, yada, yada. I, I, like, I understand the PR front of it, and, I, and I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but let's be honest, we, they rejigged their entire schedule to make sure the FedEx Cup was handed out before the NFL season started. So if, if we're going to make that move and we're going to get out of the way of the NFL kickoff for the fall, then why are we going toe-to-toe on Sunday with, uh, with divisional games last week? And, and for that matter, in Phoenix, why are we finishing on Sunday? If we get a playoff in Phoenix on Super Bowl Sunday, I mean, we're going to be right up against kickoff, if not into kickoff, and there's going to be no one watching the WM except uh, the parents of whoever's in the final uh, in that playoff. I think I think we should be doing Saturday finishes right through until the Super Bowl's over if, if, I, if I were making the calls. Yeah, you know, Mark, it's funny you mentioned that uh, in terms of playoffs and what could happen, because uh, a couple of years ago, it was the WM Phoenix Open where Webb Simpson and Hideki Matsuyama were in a playoff. Even last year, too, Scotty Scheffler and Patrick Cantley were in a playoff on Super Bowl Sunday, and it went into the start of a Super Bowl. So you wonder how ratings would have totally flipped once the playoff had uh, begun. Uh, but anyway, um, for the PGA Tour, Wednesday to Saturday finish. You can, of course, watch all that on TSN+, Plus, including feature group coverage, all the coverage you need. We'll have much more on that uh, throughout the show. But as always has been the case uh, since Live became a legitimate thing, Live is in the news again this week because their schedule has been released. And Bob, for us in Canada, perhaps the biggest um, news, perhaps, is that there is no tournament happening in Canada this year as of right now which there was some speculation about potentially this happening but for right now no live golf happening in Canada in 2023. No they had actually looked at getting an event here uh, last year and they had a uh, sort of a loose agreement it was signed but it was an agreement with the pulpit club which both abandoned at one point a little bit later on. I know from a fact that uh, they have scouted out a number of other courses to varying degrees. Uh, uh, Glen Abbey was a more serious look. I think uh, they went and had a look at Goodwood. They had a, look, a, a quick look at uh, Eagle's Nest. Uh, none of those fit the bill. So I think they were still sort of looking at courses. And there are some rumors that they might be uh, in the look lookout for next year. So we'll see what happens there. But I, um, if the reaction on my Twitter is any indication, a lot of people aren't uh, too disappointed that there isn't going to be an event here 
in uh, the Toronto area or anywhere in Canada for that matter. And Mark, your perspective on no uh, live golf happening in the GTA and or Canada here in 2023. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting, Adam, and I, you and I were on the phone. Uh, I'm not, I don't, were we, I can't even remember if we were doing a Golf Talk Canada or you and I were just having a phone chat. But in early November, when I was in Mayakoba, before the Mayakoba event was announced, I think that was announced in December, I told you that uh, the PGA Tour was at Mayakoba for the last time, that there was a live event heading to Mayakoba. Uh, and then about four weeks later, it went public. And I was under the impression that the minute the Mayakoba event was announced, that Canada was off the table for now because they could only fit one more stop and it was Mex. In fact, I remember a press release from Liv about six months ago and on it, it said uh, Mexico or Canada as, as an additional f uh, event. And I, so I, I was under the impression that once they went with Mayakoba, even though it's a time of year where we're not gonna play golf in Canada in February, that that kind of took Canada off the table. The one surprise I had with the, with the Liv schedule announcement is uh, the one Australian event. I, I really thought, you know, part of the big success from a live standpoint is the ability to take Cameron Smith and, and a lot of quality uh, top Austra Australians in the world because, you know, the one thing that, that the PGA Tour has not done a great job of, and it's got to do with, uh, you know, Eastern Seaboard, TV market, sponsorship, etc., is... Australia is a neglected golf market. I think what, you know, we've been to Australia once for a President's Cup in the last, you know, eight years or six years or wherever it is. And, and they love their golf down there, and especially in that Sandbelt region. And, and with Greg Norman now even more secure at the top, you know, we've, you know, we've been chatting rumors about Greg Norman maybe you know, being replaced by, you know, uh, other former golf executives, yada, yada, yada. I think we could put that story away now with, with his, uh, I guess, nod of faith coming down uh, this week. Uh, I really thought, guys, there was going to be more more Australian events, not just one. Bob, Bob what do you think? Like, like, were you not surprised that they didn't have more than one event on the in Australia on the schedule? It seems like a long way to go for one tournament. I know they're going to go from there into, uh, I think it's Thailand. Um, so I think they're going to move up that way. But I, I am I'm a little shocked that they might do it. I think they, you know, I think this is year... This is officially year one of their tour op operation as a tour. Last year was, you know, they had these series events that they called them. So I think they're still trying to figure things out. And I think a lot of people that are potential sites are also sitting back saying, you know, let's, let's wait and see if these guys are really capable of doing this and pulling it all off and, uh, and making it run. And they saw it last year that it, that, it is, that it is legit, but I think people are still waiting a little bit. The one thing that I just wanted to add, too, about the, from the Canadian angle is, unlike last year, there is no live event going up against the RBC Canadian Open, so that's a that's a little bit of a benefit and something that uh, we don't have to deal with again this year. Yeah, that's big news. And of course, last year the live made its debut the week of the RBC Canadian Open. It was certainly a wild time. Okay, speaking of live, there are some live golfers playing this week on the DP World Tour, where we saw. So much drama on Tuesday. I felt like we were in a soap opera. There was drama. It was crazy what everyone was saying. Patrick Reed threw a T at Rory McIlroy. Oh, my God. Shockwaves. This it, that seemed wild. Now, the video was released of this. 
this morning and spoiler alert it wasn't that wild it was different it was it was a little interesting um before we discuss this let's hear rory mcelroy's perspective of what went on between him and patrick reed on the range on tuesday afternoon i didn't see it i i uh i was down by my bag and um he came up to me and i was busy working and sort of doing my practice and i didn't really feel like i didn't feel the need to acknowledge him so um i didn't see a t come in my direction at all but uh apparently that's what happened right. um and if rules were reversed and i had to throw that t at him i'd be expecting a lawsuit so <laughs> Zing. so the way this was perceived online on tuesday was that patrick reed wound up and threw a 95 mile an hour fastball with a t or with a t at rory of course he basically underhand tossed this t at rory while he was bending down you can watch the video Bit of a grainy video of course but on our social media feeds uh mark when you saw this um did you have like the tissues ready were you heartbroken were you shocked to see the interaction between reed and rory mcelroy it, it doesn't surprise me with patrick reed i was having this conversation with several people the other day like i i just can't figure the guy out i mean his his actions never make sense on or off the golf course like you know he can he can fluff his lie or cheat on national TV and then have like the most normal, regular conversation with you in the media center and ask if the seat beside you is open. I mean, like I, it's the most bizarre thing. And this is the, this is the same thing. He, he serves Rory. His lawyer serves Rory legal p papers in a lawsuit on Christmas Eve and then walks up and thinks they're going to joke around and just hang out on the range and have a chat together. I just, I find the thing, it just, all of it so bizarre and just mind boggling to me how, how he thinks he's going to be well received. You know what I mean? How he thinks there's going to, it's just going to be open arms and, and, and la di da. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I, I'm sure this is obviously, listen, at this point, most of these guys are, they're over the fact that these guys went to live. I think I think that part of it's over. I think you know Rory's uh, reluctancy to have any kind of contact or conversation or or buddy buddy chum chum ha ha with with Patrick is basically down to the lawsuits at this point. Uh, we've had now a uh, we've got a response from Patrick. I'm not sure if you've seen this, oh. but this is the quote that was uh, from Golf Monthly. Since my tees are team aces, live tees. I flicked one at him. He saw me and he decided not to react, but it is one of those things, if you're going to act like an immature little child, then you might as well be treated like one. That's from Patrick Reed, apparently, when he was asked about the situation. Oh, and that's uh, oh, come via, on. Uh, Golf Monthly through Nuclear Golf. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> I'm not sure who the immature child is here, but I don't think it was Rory. All I'm picturing right now is that GIF online where it's the guy leaning back with some popcorn and just sort of eating that and watching this so-called drama go on. <laughs> Gotta love the drama. Reed Macro, we saw one of the most, the craziest Ryder Cup matches between these two a couple of years ago back in 2016 during the Sunday singles, and now they are feuding over AT. Of course, there is a subpoena from Reed to McElroy, which took place, which he received on Christmas Eve, which which is uh, another thing in itself. But uh, we'll have much more on Liv, and we'll have much more on Rory McIlroy as well because he's making his 2023 debut on the DP World Tour. We'll discuss Rory a little later in the show. But on the other side, we'll discuss some of the favorites at the Farmers Insurance Open, including John Rahm, who's looking for his third consecutive victory and his third victory at Torrey Pines. 
This is our first Wednesday edition of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf. Offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit jpsmgolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Our first Wednesday show of 2023 will be on every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on TSN 1050 as we preview the action in the world of golf ahead and this week is unique because the pga tour begins in about 90 minutes time this week with the farmers insurance open a wednesday to saturday finish and looking at fan duel right now john rom is the overwhelming betting favorite at plus 430 put that in perspective xander shoffley has the second shortest odds to win at 11 to 1 so look at that that is a pretty wide mark there now john rom of course has loved Tory Pines, he's won there twice before, including the 2021 U.S. Open. He also got, he also proposed at Tory Pines as well. So he's had a lot of uh, family ties there at Tory Pines. Before we discuss Rom's chances for his third straight victory, let's hear Rom's uh, some pre-tournament press conference sound from John Rom. Feel good, obviously, feeling really good. Um, it's uh, it's very nice that. If I'm gonna have a short turnaround after a win, after a tough Sunday's coming to a golf course that, or golf courses that I've had a lot of success and a lot of positive, uh, positive memories at, right? Um, it's uh, it's always refreshing to come here, and I love this tournament so much that, you know, every time I come, I have that extra motivation to hopefully win it again. Um, you know, I got my first win here, and I would be able, to, I would love to be able to repeat as a PJ Tour event uh, and be a two-time champion like many many people have done in the past. So hopefully I keep playing good, do what I've done on this golf course in the past and, and give, my, give myself a good chance on Sunday. Yeah, Rom certainly on a heater right now. Now, Mark, you were on the ground following Rom in the final group on Sunday at the American Express. From what you saw from Rom, and you've been high on Rom before, including when he won that 2021 US Open, you picked him six months before to win that tournament. So hey, kudos to you. B, what are your thoughts <laughs> on Rombo this week? I, I don't know how anybody can't be on him this week. I, I mean, if he won that golf tournament on Sunday, putting blindfolded, he made one putt outside seven feet he made a nine foot nine footer was the longest putt he made on sunday and he won the golf tournament i mean his ball striking right now is just so much better than anybody else's we're at a golf course where i think his worst finish in the last four or five years is a tie for seventh that's his worst finish at the farmers in recent memory you mentioned the u.s open in 21 it's one of the world and this is a golf course especially the south course you can't hide. Yeah, listen, the North Course is, is since the alterations that were made, uh, the renovations a few years ago, it's it's a good golf course now too, and it's a solid test. But that South Golf Course 
you know, you guys know it. We've played it together. You get off a plane, you go there, and it, you know, it's it's a municipal golf course, and it just slaps you immediately in the face. You can't miss the fairway. You gotta hit it solid. The greens are bumpy. Some of the worst greens on the PJ Tour, so you can't have a putting contest out there. You've got to be solid. Strokes gain, tee to green is the number you're looking at. The category you should be grinding out this week. Um, how does it not scream uh, John Rahm? And I don't know why you and I weren't on him last week. Bob was the only smart one of a smart one in the group that that that, that had this thing figured out. You and I went another direction. That's right. Well, and Mark, you also had Rom at the Century Tournament of Champions, which he came back in a huge way to win when Colin Morikawa didn't have his best final round. Now we'll get to Rom if you guys, if anyone's picking him this week for our TSN Edge picks, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, coming up in our next segment. But Bob, before we get there, uh, what, what's your perspective on John Rom right now and the short turnaround? Because you know he wins a tournament on Sunday and he's getting underway in just a couple hours for his first round here today. Well, I, I mean, I think sort of as Mark alluded to, it's pretty hard not to like him when he's coming into a golf course that so perfectly suits his golf game. And as he mentioned, you know, we, he's won the, won the Farmers here. He's won the U.S. Open on this golf course. It's a big boys ballpark, and I think he's a big, big enough hitter out there that he sort of handles this. I think he loves the, uh, the feel of it, obviously. He's not only done, you know, not only he's won there, but he's, I think he's had like just a whole slew of top tens as well when he hasn't won. So... It's hard not to like him, and that's why I picked him again. Yeah, the odds are not great, but um, you know you can look at some other guys. But why not ride the favorite, especially when I got to try and beat Mark Zacchino at the end of the year with my uh, with my number of my wins? I mean, he's usually <laughs> he's usually la- he's usually lapping us, Adam. He's usually lapping us. But I I just think Whoa. that this is such a g- great and well suited golf course for him, and he is you know he might not show on the rankings, but, but he is the best player in the golf world right now. I mean, his last seven, as I said to you this on TSN last night, I said on TV, I said uh, his, um, you know, his, uh, uh, his last seven is, uh, what is it, two, two, one, four, one, two, one, eight, one, one. It sounds like a pizza place or something, but that's how he's finished in the last seven starts. So good to like him. Yeah, he's been impressive. And, and, and you mentioned Mark's record on the TSN edge. I mean, he had eight wins last year. We had a combined seven. Bob and I. So, I mean, we, we're almost going to rejig the comp, the competition to have just Bob and I against Mark, and Bob and I would just bring our collective minds together, whether we're smart or dumb, and say, hey, can we take on Mark this year? But uh, we elected listen, not to do that, at least for now. Listen, Maybe things will change. I, I have no pride. I, Adam, I have no pride in being a gambling degenerate of the three of us, okay? Because I'm also doing quite well in the NFL this season as well, so... <laughs> That's right, and 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 your 49ers. We'll, we'll get a prediction from you before the end of the show because your 49ers are still alive. Right. Okay, All before right. we go to break and before we hear our TSN edge picks for this week's tournament, the second betting favorite is Xander Shoffley, and this is a guy who went to withdraw for the very first time in his PGA Tour career at the Century Tournament of Champions with a back issue, but he played well last week at T3. Uh, he had an albatross in his final round, and now he's the second betting favorite. And, of course, he knows very well. Let's hear Xander Shoffley on how his back is feeling heading into this tournament. I mean, I'd say it's, you know, um, I'm always going to feel like I'm 100%. It's probably a little tired. Um, didn't do a whole lot of golf, you know, since Maui. Um, even leading up, I had that little hiccup at Bahamas. It's kind of where the whole back thing started. And then Maui was unfortunate, uh, one of my favorite spots of the year. And then just not a whole lot of golf. So, um it, it's it feel I feel great, but you know, if I had to 
you know, feel like, you know, I was swinging as hard as I could off every tee, I'd probably get pretty tired soon. So it's just like a golf thing. You know, you start playing more golf, you start walking around, you start swinging more, you'll get in the swing of things. Some interesting stuff there from Xander Shoffley going to a course where obviously the rough is going to be thick uh, and, and so much with Shoffley in terms of he has a good record. He's played okay at this course. He's missed the cut a couple of times, but also a couple of top finishes. So it's sort of a yo-yo thing with Xander Shoffley at this tournament. But I'm looking at the clock now. We are running a little late. So what we're going to do on the other side, we're going to pick up the conversation on Xander Shoffley. We're also going to make our TSN Edge picks because something tells me that someone did pick Xander Shoffley this week. I know someone did. You'll have to find out after the break who picked Xander Shoffley and was John Rom picked by all three of us? You'll have to find out next. This. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score. Good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino. This is our first Wednesday show of the year. You can catch us every Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon, right here on TSN 1050 as we preview the action ahead on the PGA Tour. And a number of segments on our show, on this Wednesday show, will be featured or focused around fantasy, around betting, around the TSN edge, around how you can help your fantasy team that week on the PGA Tour, on every tour. And that's where we're going to go right now because you know TSN Edge is your home for all your fantasy needs. And every week we make three selections on uh, who we think are going to do well on the PGA Tour, some favorites, some value play, that sort of thing. And as I mentioned earlier, John Rom is the overwhelming Betting favorite at plus 430 right now. Xander Shoffley, the second betting favorite at plus 1100, along with Tony Finau, who was also at plus 1100. Uh, Mark, let's start with you. What we're going to do, generally when we do this segment on television or tsn.ca, we rifle off all three of our picks. But for this, let's try this, see how it goes. Mark, give us your first pick, your favorite this week, only one player, and why? Well, it's it's the obvious, Adam. I don't think mm-hmm. uh, anyone will be shocked with John Rahm. I think uh, he's the favorite right now in any golf tournament he plays on any part of the world. At this moment, I agree with what Bob said in the previous segment. I don't care what the official World Golf Rankings say. Uh, I believe the FedEx Cup right now, the points list of the FedEx Cup, is a better indicator of who's the best player on the planet. And the man on top of that list is John Rahm. And I believe he's the best player in the world. And he's also coming to his favorite golf course in the world. And he happens to just uh, be in peak form. It just, I mean, the short turnaround, I think, is great for him. It's it's an absolute no-brainer. Listen, it's hard to win in this game. We've got a big quality field here at the Farmers. Uh, But if he doesn't contend, I'd be absolutely shocked. There is no way he is not finishing in the top 10, likely top 5 this week. You have to have him on your team. He's my first pick. Well, you mentioned the top five and top ten. So, Rom is plus 105 for a top five finish on FanDuel right now. And minus 180. So, you got to pay some juice for a top ten finish for John Rom. Bob, as for you, are you going with Rom for the second straight week? 
Oh yeah, I think uh, I think if you're betting this week on on this tournament, this is the uh, the free square on the bingo card. I mean, you you basically got to have this one because it's just. I mean, you can't afford not to be there. He might not win at the end of the week, but someone's going to have to play awfully, awfully well to beat him. And I mean, Mark was talking before about you know Tita Green is going to be a big number here, and it's he's second ranked in Tita Green. He has picked up, um, I think it's three shots to the field in every of every one of his last 24 rounds. It's like stunning, <laughs> not the fact that he's winning and he's playing well, but just how well that he is playing. And so if you don't have him on your card this week, uh, it, may not, it may not deliver you a, a big payout, but uh, it's, it's, it's sort of a, the hedge against maybe the rest of your bets. There you go. So you guys both have Rom on your team. And you guys know me. Sometimes I, I get a little bold with picks. Sometimes I, I try to be a little different. So I actually don't have Rom on my squad this week. But I will say for those tuning in, perhaps let's say Rom gets off to a slow start. Let's say he shoots even or one or two over in round one today. I would recommend checking out the betting book at that point. So maybe his odds have lengthened a little bit if he's, say, seven shots off the lead through one round. You won't get him, you're, you'll get him at odds better than plus 430. Put it that way. But for me, my first pick this week is none other than Will Zalatoris, who's had a great success at Torrey Pines. He missed a putt to win this tournament last year, ended up losing in a playoff to Luke List. Also a top 10 in the year previous. Just his third start from a back injury, but is looking pretty good. Uh, T11 at the Century Tournament champion. So Will Zalatoris at 14 to 1 is my first pick. Mark, over to you. Who was your second pick this week? All right, Adam. Like, let's assume <clears throat> that he's healthy. Uh, if you assume that he's healthy, then Xander Shoffley, hometown kid, we just heard from him in the previous uh, segment, his last three starts are a T9 at the Zozo Championship, a fourth at the Hero World Challenge, and a tie for third last week at the American Express. And he opened, and I remember having this chat with you guys on Monday, he opened with a 65 at La Quinta Country Club on Thursday. And I know that sounds like, oh, 65, a good score. I mean, that day at La Quinta on Thursday, golf in a dome in the desert, those guys were shredding La Quinta Country Club. There was a large bucket of 62s, 63s, 64s. He got off to a sluggish start with that 65 and then sluggish again at the Nicholas Tournament course where guys were shredding it, 68. It wasn't until the weekend that he got it going. He closed with 62. Uh, high up on him in strokes gain T to green. He's over, always ho hovering around the top 10 annually in strokes gain T to green. Going to be a number again here. Comfortable with the golf course. Maybe starting to peak. Seeing Xander kind of climb up to the top form again. Uh, I like him coming off on Sunday. The Albatross was obviously a highlight. Love Xander Shoffley this week in San Diego. And, and here's a guy coming off a career season, three victories, still looking for that first major championship. You guys know me. I've picked Xander Shoffley for the U.S. Open the last couple of years. And again, I will be picking him again this year for the U.S. Open. Bob, your second pick this week at the Farmers Insurance Open. I'm going to go with, uh, with Tony Finau. And uh, he's a guy who's had a good record around here as well. He was uh, runner-up two years ago to Patrick Reed, who that was the famous, uh, you'll remember, Deep Impression Gate. Uh, <laughs> log yes. ball gate but anyway he's he's uh he, he's played well at this golf course uh he's had four top 10 finishes in his last six starts here so i like that part of him and he's actually playing pretty well the results he uh, tie seventh and uh tie for 16th 
so far in his two uh, starts in 2023, but a combined total of 42 under par in those two tournaments. So I think he's uh, he knows how to get the ball into the hole. That's why I like him. And he's made a big change with his putting, too. He's putting way more consistently. And, and this is a guy who, you know, three wins in his last eight worldwide starts dating back to last year, too. So Tony Finau playing some great golf. Tied for the second shortest odds with Xander Schauffele. <coughs> excuse me, Xander Schauffele at 11 to 1. Okay, for me, I'm going down the board a little bit for my second pick, Max Homa at 20 to 1. And this is a guy who's already won this season on the PGA Tour back in the fall, back at the season opener at the four to that. Yes, Danny Willett didn't have the greatest putting display on that last hole, but Max Homa did win that golf tournament. Also had a great display at the President's Cup. And this is a guy I'm expecting will be on the American team on the Ryder Cup this coming year in Rome, which will be incredible to see. He finished T3 at the Century Tournament of Champions a couple of weeks ago. He finished ninth year at Torrey Pines in 2020. I like Max Homa at 20 to 1. Some value there, too. Mark, your third and final pick. All right, my third pick is a bit of a tug on the heartstrings and also a bit of a horses for courses play, but I do have some math behind it. My third pick Ooh. is Jason Day. Now, we talk about healthy, who's healthy, back problems, yada, yada. I think the story is well known that Jason Day has been fighting a bad back now for uh, many, many years. I had a chance to speak with him quite a bit in the last week. Uh, spoke to him after several rounds. Uh, and Jason, Jason Day is the kind of guy, too, he'll spend some time with you off mic uh, chatting about things. Uh, he finally feels healthy. He told me that, that this is the first time he started a season in years where he was able to practice, where he wasn't in pain, that all the swing changes he, he made to alleviate stress off his back finally feel normal and finally work. Well, let's take a look at his last few starts. T8 at the Shriners, T11 at the CJ Cup, T21 Mayakoba, T16 in Houston. An odd, an, uh, an outlier miscut at the RSM. He goes uh, T10 at the QBE shootout and then a T18 last week of the American Express with a nice 64 on Friday, 67 Sunday. And Jason Day's won here before. He loves this golf course. Last year on the PGA Tour, guys, 96 strokes gained tee to green. This year, 22nd. On the upswing, believes in the swing now healthy. I think he's going to win this year, guys. Don't know if it's going to be this week. Could be. Loves this place. But I think uh, Jason Day finally uh, ends the winless streak in 23. And he has the ninth shortest odds right now at 22-1 to 1 to win the Farmers Insurance Open. Okay, Bob, who's your third and final pick? Well, I'm going with someone that you have already picked, uh, Adam. I'm going with Will Zalatoris. And uh, for all the same reasons that, that you mentioned, of course, he, as you mentioned, lost in a playoff here last year. I think there's a little bit of danger here because we're not really fully uh, sure as to where he is health-wise. It's a significant injury that forced him to sit out for three months. So uh, I'm hoping that if that back is solid, and it seemed to be last week, but if, it, if that back is solid, then I think he's uh, he's wanted to kind of get the engine started with a place he's played well before. And he got that first PGA Tour victory last year during the FedEx Cup playoffs. And this is a guy who his putting stroke has been talked about uh, for good and bad inside of five feet specifically, where you might get a little scared watching that putting stroke sometimes where it looks, it's unconventional. It's a little outside in, inside out, whichever way uh, you want to put it. 
Um, but he's gotten it done. He has a victory. And like I said earlier, he had a chance to win this tournament last year, losing in a playoff, missing a putt to win the tournament on the 72nd hole. Will Zalatoris has the fourth shortest odds to win at 14 to 1. As for my final pick, I also like Jason Day. Ninth shortest odds, 22 to 1. Mark, you mentioned some of his great finishes, or better finishes, I should say, as of late. In the fall, he was 164th in the official world golf ranking after five finishes of t21 or better he's now up to 104 so he's played some good golf as of late i like jason day you know potentially to, to make to have a good finish this week uh taking a look at some of his other odds he's plus 480 for a top five finish so some value there with jason day so those are our fantasy picks this week for the TSN Edge. You can also see the video version of this on tsn.ca right now where we make our picks for the Farmers Insurance Open. But one player that none of us selected this week, which might be a little puzzling, perhaps, maybe, is Justin Thomas. And Justin Thomas as well uh, is one of the betting favorites this week at 15 to 1. Yes, his odds have just moved. So he has tied for the fifth shortest odds to win. 15 to 1. Justin Thomas won his second career major last year at the PGA Championship. Let's hear Justin Thomas's perspective on how he's feeling heading into this week. It's a good golf course, and I, when I first played, I, I struggled with the north course. Um, it just didn't fit my eye. There's definitely a number of holes that are still difficult and, and maybe not totally comfortable to my eye, but I feel like with the changes, it's it's not a place that you need to go shoot 67 on, 66 to keep pace. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a very challenging, uh, sneaky course, and the fairways are very narrow. The rough, I feel, is longer this year, so it's you definitely need to hit the fairways, but as soon as I played the U.S. Open here a couple of years ago, um, I quickly realized and remembered how much I like Torrey South and, and how great of a golf course it is. So I felt like it was one that I needed to add again. Mark, any surprise from you that uh, the three of us did not pick Justin Thomas this week? Not at all. He's barely played golf, so we have no idea what he's bringing to the table. We saw him at the Century Tournament of Champions, a golf course he loves, by the way over there at Kapalua, a course that he is just usually contends in that field every year. And he finished tied for 25th in a field of 38 players. So until Justin Thomas shows me that he's knocked some of the rust off, and who knows, maybe he shows that this week. But until he shows me that, I can't be on Justin Thomas. I need to go, especially with the way some of these amazing players like Rom and, and Xander and whatnot, some of these huge names are all trending in the right direction and have shown us quite a bit lately. I don't know how you pick a guy who's kind of been sitting on the sidelines and his last time out looked like he was uninterested almost. Bob, for you, any surprise with no JT this week? Yeah, maybe a little bit. I mean, I, I think... There's a lot of options here, and there's a lot of players. If you look at the, if you look at past results here, who play well consistently at this golf at this golf course, and so I think it's not so much that I didn't pick Justin Thomas, but I thought that there were better picks than Justin Thomas this week. But um, I don't think I don't think players would be too far off if they do go go with them uh, this week. They they might have a, as good a chance as we have. Who knows? That's right, and he has now tied for the fifth shortest odds at 15 to 1 right now on FanDuel. We'll also have more uh, odds talk, uh, FanDuel talk on the, at the start of Hour 2 with Canadians because there are four Canadians in the field. We'll get to that at the start of Hour 2. But on the other side, we're going to discuss our GTC poll question of the week, which involves John Rahm. This is Golf Talk Canada. 
This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully, Bob Weeks, and Mark Sacchino all around for our first Wednesday show of the year. 10 a.m. to noon every Wednesday right here on TSN 1050. Let's get to our GTC poll question of the week. John Robb already has two wins this season. Last season, Scotty Scheffler led the PGA Tour with four wins. Our question, how many wins does Rom finish with this season? The possibilities were over four, under four, or exactly four. And taking a look at what our audience thought, our audience says over four with 57% of the votes, under four, 19%, and exactly four, say 23%. Mark, how many wins does John Rom finish with this year? Oh... This is a tough question, guys, because, you know, we, we are we live in a world where the, the last thing we saw was the greatest thing we saw. Right. I mean, I uh, the four is such a good number on the over under. I think, Adam, you nailed it. If you came up with the four number, because I'm like, man, I, I want to say four and a half. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want to <laughs> say four and a half. But, um, be, because he's got two in the can already and because he's got a chip on his shoulder. And we're in a Ryder Cup year. I'm going to say over. Okay, I like that, Bob. What do you think? Definitely over. Definitely over. I just think that this guy right now is um, on a heater, and it's. I mean, look how early it is still in the year. I mean, it's not. We always think it's early because it's still January, but I know we played a bunch of events. But his his kind of meat of the schedule is still way ahead of him. And yeah, sure, there's going to be a lot of European Tour players coming back. Uh, Rory, those kind of come, which will make the fields even that more difficult. But I, I've got to go with over for sure, over four. I think I'm with you guys too. And, you know, a big reason for that is listening to his press conference after winning on Sunday, where he didn't seem that happy. He didn't seem that thrilled with the way he was playing. And he still won the golf tournament at 27 under par for four rounds. I know they weren't playing the most challenging of courses last week at the Amex, but still, I mean, the way for John Rahm with that mentality. Looking out to the majors this year, he's stuck, some would say, on one major. Didn't have the greatest major finishes last season. No top tens at the big four. John Rahm is due for a big year. Now, before we get to some uh, GTC housekeeping, if you will, on our upcoming schedule, etc., today is a big day with Bell. Today is Bell Let's Talk Day. You can learn more. Bell.ca slash Let's Talk. Join the conversation. Hashtag Bell Let's Talk on Twitter too. And Bob, I know this is a, a conversation that is so incredibly important for everyone. Uh, it definitely is. There's, you know, a lot of people out there suffering from mental health in different levels, different experiences, and, and there's a lot of people who are ready to help. And it can be a professional, it can be a friend. I would just say that it's, it never hurts to pick up the phone and call someone and just ask how they're doing. And I think those kind of things can go a long way. Um, you know, it's, I saw a stat this morning on the news that the increase in mental health help 
went up 50% last year in Toronto. So that's a big, uh, that's a big movement, but it also shows that people are reaching out and, and getting help and there's great help out there available. And uh, uh, so if you, uh, if you have a friend or if you're in need, please reach out because people are willing to help you. They certainly are. And, and Mark, I know you feel the same way in terms of how the importance of, of Bell Let's Talk and mental health in general. Yeah, I just, for me, guys, it's, if it helps one person, you know, just pick up the phone and feel okay to talk about it, then, then, you know, that's, that's a success, right? I think the, for me, the, you know, in the last decade, compared to the previous decade, compared to the previous decade before that, you know, the stigma around it is, is, is not what it used to be. And people now feel like it's okay that we can talk about these things and you can reach out and whatnot. And I think that's all, you know, just very healthy stuff. The worst thing is you just, as Bob said, you just don't know sometimes what people are going through behind closed doors and most people suffer in silence and, and that's not a good, that's not a good way to, to live. And that's not a healthy uh, way to, to, to get on a better track. So if this, if, if Bell Let's Talk encourages people to go, hey, uh, you know, I, I, feel, I need to talk to somebody about this, then, then, then we are doing our jobs. And one of the things about this day is that, you know, people on social media post their own stories or, or their own struggles and what they've been going through. And personal shout out to, to Gino Retta here who put out a story. I put out a video about two hours ago, and he's a guy that I've, I've worked. Obviously, he's a legend here at TSN. Uh, I worked uh, on a junior hockey show, Junior Hockey Magazine, on this very station for 11 years. So kudos to you, Gino, for reaching out to your audience and, and saying that you needed help. And um, I'm going to retweet his video here shortly, too. Uh, mental health is so important. Once again, uh, Bell Let's Talk Day. Learn more at bell.ca slash let's talk. Join the conversation today. And, of course, on Twitter, hashtag Bell Let's Talk and get involved with the conversation. Okay, on the other side, we're gonna get back to the Farmers Insurance Open. Four Canadians are in the field. We're going to discuss all four of them. What are their chances this week? What are their odds this week? Not only to win the tournament, but for a top five, a top 10, etc. Plus, we're also going to discuss the Farmers Insurance Open with John Rollins, who's on the ground this week for PGA Tour Radio. And we're going to go across the pond and chat about Rory McIlroy, who makes his 2023 debut this week in Dubai. So much coming up on Hour 2 right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit golftalkcanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully.
Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, our second nine, second hour, right here on our first Wednesday edition of GTC, 10 a.m. to noon, every Wednesday, as well as Monday, right here on TSN 1050, Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Zacchino. Coming up in hour two, we're going to go to the Farmers Insurance Open, which gets underway, first tee going off in about an hour or so right now out in beautiful uh, Torrey Pines where uh, we're actually heading. Uh, weather depending here in the GTA, we have some snow coming down right now, but hopefully it's not too, too nuts. Uh, the forecast doesn't look ideal, but you never know. Um, anyway, so there are a lot of top players in the world who are going to be there. John Rollins is a commentator who will be there as well. We'll hear from John Rollins. We're going to discuss Rory McIlroy's outlook on 2023 as he makes his debut this year on the DP World Tour. But first, we're going to begin our two back at Torrey Pines with the Farmers Insurance Open from a Canadian perspective. Four Canadians in the field this week. Taylor Pendrith, Adam Hadwin, Adam Svensson, and Michael Gligic. And taking a look at the odds from betting slash fantasy perspective, Pendrith has the shortest odds to win at 41 to 1 right now on FanDuel Canada. Top 5, 10 to 1. And a top 10 bet, you can get Pendrith at plus 450. Bob, you were at the President's Cup where Taylor Pendrith was there and had an incredible second half of the season last year to after bouncing back from another bizarre injury playing his way onto that squad yes he didn't have his best stuff at the president's cup but what's what are your uh, expectations for pendrith not only this week but here going forward for 2023 well uh he definitely is a guy that a lot of people have have circled as saying this is a value guy even U.S. people are looking at him and, and seeing that you know mm-hmm. Taylor Pendrith has a really good style game to match up at Torrey Pines. Um, he had a baby in the offseason, so he kind of adjusting, took some time off. He's only played the one tournament so far last week. Uh, but if you look at his record at uh, Torrey Pines, he was tied for 16th. And then the U.S. Open, he also cut. So I think he's, I think, uh, you know, he's had all his rounds at Torrey Pines have been pretty much under par. So that's, a good indication he is a guy sorry that's that's not correct last year he was four rounds <laughs> under par talk about that but he is a guy who has um the game to play here he's got he hits it a long way he is ninth in driving distance uh is um i think really kind of working hard on his putting and trying to shore up that part of his game i had a chat with him maybe about three weeks ago and he was talking all about the putting of how that will be the big difference maker for him this year. So I, I like his chances here this week. I don't know if he's going to be in the winner's circle at the end, but I certainly wouldn't mind putting him on a, on the betting sheet as a top 20 finish or even a top 10 finish if you want to get aggressive. And some some good numbers there from Taylor Pendrith. Uh, Bobby mentioned the driving distance, and yeah, the the putter, the flat stick is the make or break for Pendrith. Mark, what are your thoughts on Pendrith this season and this week too? Well, his season outlook for me is a lot different than my outlook for him this week. I think coming off a regular mm-hmm. winter when you're not welcoming a new baby and things off the golf course aren't taking you away from your profession, then this is a really good ballpark for Taylor Pedrith because he's an adult-sized PGA Tour player, and this is an adult-sized ballpark. And I think, to Bob's point, that that, that fits him very well. And I think that's 
possibly what the odds makers are looking at this week. Um, and I, I have high hopes because he played so well last year, obviously got some experience at the President's Cup. I, I have high hopes for Taylor Penrith. Once we kind of get to the Florida swing and I think he gets the rust off and he's, he's back in his lane. I don't have a lot of high hopes for him this week from a fantasy perspective. I mean, we're coming off a miscut uh, at the American Express. It was It's his only start since the RSM Classic back in November, so there's a lot of ring rust here. Uh, 120th strokes gain, tee to green. You cannot fake it around this golf course. There's just no faking it whatsoever. So Taylor Penrith, do I like him in 23? Yes. I just think we're early to the dance. I just think um, he did not get to put in probably the the reps and certainly didn't get to play the amount of golf he, he probably would have liked to over the last couple of months. So give me another, I don't know, four weeks or so, maybe five. Uh, and I think Taylor Pender is going to be back in my movie right now. Um, I don't understand these odds at him at the Farmers. And Bobby mentioned too uh, for a top 20 for Taylor Pendrith this week plus 200, so two to one for Taylor Pendrith. His first round gets underway at 120 Eastern on the North Course with Satoshi Kodaira and Charlie Hoffman. Uh, next up, in terms of Canadians and in terms of odds, Adam Hadwin has the second shortest odds uh, for Canadians at 75 to one for Adam Hadwin playing with Jason Duffner and Ben Crane on the South course at 110 Eastern. Mark, I'll start with you for Adam Hadwin. This is a guy coming off a solid finish last week at the American Express. He's had a pretty good year so far. He's got to be motivated seeing other Canadians win. What are your thoughts on Hadwin for this week? See, this makes sense to me. And if I was, if I was uh, laying out the odds for this, I'd say give me the Adams in quotation this week because Adam Hadwin hasn't missed a cut this year, guys. He's contended every time he's played golf this season on the PGA Tour. He's made it to Saturday. He's, you know, he's on the positive side of most strokes gained categories, including strokes gained off the tee, currently in 58th, but trending in the right direction. Um, we all know Adam is. Uh, not happy with just being out there. He expects more from himself. He wants to see results in the work he's put in. He started seeing them in the second half of last year. That's transpired over the this year. I, I expect Adam Hadwin to win again on the PGA Tour, and I, I think he's going to have a solid week. I really do. It, it, to me, all signs point that Adam Hadwin makes another cut and plays golf on the weekend. And who knows, maybe this is the week that he pushes uh, in, in into the top 10, top five, etc. I like Adam Hadwin this week. And, and Bob, I know you've recently spoken with Hadwin too, uh, and you've been very high on Hadwin throughout, you know, since sort of the, the swing changes have really taken into place and he's been more comfortable now with his overall golf swing. How, how do you like Hadwin's chances this week? kind of mixed a little bit he hasn't had a great record at this golf course he missed the cut last year but that was more or less in the middle of the swing changes or certainly while well, he was still undergoing swing changes uh tied 18th the year before he's made the cut in in almost all the other appearances that he has had here i think he feels as good about his game right now just talking to him he didn't say anything specifically but you can see and you could hear it you see it in his facial expressions you could hear it in his voice how he was excited for for this coming year um, he's not the biggest hitter around here, so he has to get it done in other ways, getting it on the green, uh, trying to find a way to, to get the ball into the hole. 
and um, I do think that I do think that he is kind of a good top twenty pick, top twenty bet out of there. I think that might be a good good stat for him. I just don't know if he hits it far enough to really contend here. But the rest of his game, if it's if it's really good and he plays smart, like he has uh, the last couple of weeks, as Mark said, he hasn't missed a cut. I think that uh, I think that he might be a good one to to look at if you're looking in those in those uh, areas of top tens and top twenties. Well, on FanDuel right now for a top twenty, Hadwin is plus two thirty for a top ten. He's plus five hundred or five to one, and for a top five, he is eleven to one uh, for Adam Hadwin and seventy five to one overall to win the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, Mark, you mentioned the Adams family. Welcome to the Adams family. Anyway, Adam Spenson is <laughs> the next Canadian we're going to discuss. I, I, I love that show as a kid. Given my name is Adam, of course. Anyway. That aside, Adam Svensson is the next uh, Canadian we'll discuss, and his odds are super long at 120 to 1 for a guy who won on the PGA Tour a couple of months ago at the RSM Classic. Bob, Adam Svensson this week, what do you think? Wow, those odds. Uh, I might give him a little uh, a little look. I'll tell you. Uh, I mean, if you look at his past record, it's not great here. He's 79th last year, which is basically dead last after the cut, and then and then 35th uh, in 2019 when he played. But he's a different golfer than he was a year ago or when he came here a year ago. He's a lot more confident. I think he's a lot more mature. I think he realizes the hard work that he's put in is is paying dividends. And so, you know, it was kind of it, it seems kind of silly, but it's like one plus one equals two. I should have known that when I started playing golf. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a long shot for sure, but I, I wow, that's those are pretty good odds, I think, for on Adam Svensson for a guy, as you mentioned, who's won already this season. Yeah, totally. And, you know, top 20 plus 550, top 10, 13 to 1, top 5, 26 to 1, and to win 120 to 1. Uh, Mark, you've, you've seen Adam Svensson play up close and personal. Uh, this is a guy who obviously, you know, has won on the PGA Tour recently. These are some super long odds for a player who won a couple months ago, don't you think, Mark? Yeah, and I, I think uh, Bob hit the nail on the head. Uh, the, the, the line that Bob said, this is a different player now. I, I think that's it. I think we have to throw out everything Adam Svensson done in his previous records at previous events and, and just treat that as Adam Svensson 1.0 and this is Adam Svensson 2.0 because 2.0 is a winner on the PGA Tour. 2.0 has only missed one cut this year. 2.0 is on the positive side of strokes gain category across the board with the exception of putting and this is not a putt off. Last week was a putt off. Uh, and John Rom commented on it was a putting contest. This week is not a putting contest. In fact, most putting numbers this week for everybody are going to be horrible. It's like putting on broccoli, especially if you're playing in the afternoon at Torrey Pines. So, um, again, give me the Adams this week. I'll take the Adams family for Team Canada. I think those should be our favorites this week uh, for the results and for the stats that back them. Um, I'm throwing out previous history. I think Adam Svensson, those are some nice odds. And, uh, I mean, again, you said it, Adam. He's won already this year. Okay, you like the Adams family. I'm, I'm trying to make some sort of segue for Cousin It's, but I, I couldn't quite figure it out <laughs> while, while we were talking there. Uh, you like the Adams family this week. Adam Svensson, Adam Hadwin. Okay, the last Canadian. Before we go to break here, Michael Gligic. He tees off on the south course at 150 with Joseph Bramlett and amateur Patrick Welsh to win 500 to one for Michael Gligic, a top five, 55 to one, top 10, 32 to one, and a top 20, 19 to one. This is a guy uh, in his last 
number of worldwide starts, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's actually 10 consecutive missed cuts worldwide for Michael Gligic. Uh Bob, in your mind, a successful week for Michael Gligic is playing on the weekend? Uh, definitely. I had a chance to chat with him um, two weeks ago, and, and mm-hmm. I think he's still kind of confident. He knows that, um, you know, he, he, was, he played a little bit hurt at the, in, the, in the fall. Uh, he's in that area, though, where you just sort of can't pass up a start. So he's, he's got to get out there and play week in and week out. And you wonder about, the, um, you wonder about the, the fatigue factor coming in here when he's grinding it out. You're wondering about a guy who doesn't really have the luxury of picking the courses that he wants to play uh, because he's just got to go every week. So he's ne- playing on courses that don't necessarily suit his game. I- I'm just waiting for this guy to, to show me the, the way he, I know he can play. I've seen him play tremendous golf in the past. I've seen him you know, hit shots that, uh, that, are, that are just remarkable. I, I know he's worked hard. He's working with Gareth Rafluski. He's working with Sean Foley. Um, so at some point, this thing is going to click, and maybe it'll be this week. Well, Michael Gligic off in about two and a half hours' time. To recap the Canadians' tee times for round one, Taylor Pendrith off the north course at 120 Eastern with Satoshi Kodaira and Charlie Hoffman. Adam, ha- Adam Hadwin off the south course at 110 Eastern with Jason Duffner, Ben Crane, Adam Spenson, the north course at 1220 Eastern with Luke List, defending champion and two-time champion here at Torrey Pines, Jason Day, and Michael Gligic, 150 Eastern, Joseph Bramlett, Patrick Welsh, an amateur at 150 Eastern. Okay, on the other side, so much golf going on right now, including on the DP World Tour, getting underway tomorrow, where Rory McIlroy makes his 2023 debut. We'll hear from Rory McIlroy after the break. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, and Mark Zacchino all around the table. And coming up on the other side, we're going to hear from John Rollins, who is there for at uh, the Farmers Insurance Open for PGA Tour Radio to preview the week ahead on the PGA Tour. But also going on in the world of golf is the DP World Tour, where Rory McIlroy will be making his 2023 debut and coming off a pretty good season on the golf course. Yes, he didn't break that major slump. He still hasn't won a major since 2014, but he did finish in the top 10 in all four majors. The last player to finish in the top 10 in all four majors and not win, Ricky Fowler back in 2014. So Rory with a good year on the golf course. Of course, his leadership off the golf course was very commendable as well. Before we take a deep dive into our expectations for McElroy this year, let's hear Rory before this week's tournament on his outlook and what he did during his break and time off. After the race to Dubai, uh, I uh, I played that that match uh, on the 10th of December, 
with Tiger and JT and Jordan. Um, and then I put the clubs away for a few weeks after that. I was, I was pretty mentally and physically drained after the year. Um, so I didn't pick the clubs up again until, until the new year. So it was nice to sort of put them away for a few weeks. And, um, you know, I've been pra obviously practicing at home and practicing well, but it's always first, first tournament of the year, getting back onto the golf course, just trying to get comfortable again with, with shots on the course and visuals and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm sure there'll be a, a little bit of rust to, to start the week, but, you know, hopefully I can shake that off and... Uh, you know, I've I've got a great record here, so you know I've I've you know great confidence in in, in that. But um, yeah, it's a long year. You know, I'm starting slowly. I'm not really you know, it's uh, you know there's a lot of golf to be played, and um, just sort of trying to build myself up gradually for for obviously the the meat of the season in in a couple of months' time. As always, Rory McIlroy incredibly honest with the media given uh, what he's been going through uh, in this offseason. Of course, we heard from McElroy earlier in the show talking about his dear friend Patrick Reed, but we're not going to get into that. We're only <laughs> going to discuss McElroy and his outlook here for 2023. Mark, let's start with you. This is a player, obviously, I, I mentioned some of his uh, great accomplishments in 22, both on and off the golf course. What are you, what are you expecting out of McElroy? this year what makes 2023 a success for rory mcelroy well i think he it's his tough guys because his standard is so much higher than, than most players you know so i mean we need i would call last season obviously a success for rory mcelroy you know he won multiple times he won the fedex cup um but we are still in a major drought now, that being said, you know, this week he won this golf tournament twice before, and he should have won last year. He rinsed it on the last hole of this championship last year. Or he would have won it for the third time. And I can't tell you the last time he's finished outside the top five. You know, he's got one start on the PGA Tour this year, and that's a victory at the CJ Cup. Uh, and you look at his the end of last year's race to Dubai, and it's a large bucket of top five. So I, I'm, I think we're going to have more of the same for Rory. I think he's going to be in full flight again this year. I think he's figured out the wedge play. Look at the difference in the wedge play in the second half of last year versus the first half, and that's always been an Achilles heel. How do you take advantage of 350-yard drives if you can't hit a sand wedge? So I think he's figured that one out. Uh, so I expect more of the same with Rory. I, I expect him in full flight, and it's going to come down to does he end the major drought. I will say this, guys. Everybody thought I was crazy at the end of last season in our year in review and we do our predictions. And I predicted that the Europeans were going to beat the Americans in the Ryder Cup in Rome. And right now, who are the two best players on the planet in your minds in, in a landslide? For me, it's John Rahm and Rory McIlroy. And if that's who's leading Europe with guys like Matthew Fitzpatrick kind of right in line behind them and stacking them up, I don't know if that uh, European uh, prediction for Ryder Cup was uh, that big of a dark horse anymore. Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. I wasn't even thinking about that. And, you know, like, obviously they lost the, the Europeans uh, as of this right now. Live players will not be playing on uh, the European Ryder Cup side or any Ryder Cup side for that matter. And they've got some young blood coming up, if you will, the, the McIntyres and other players, etc. Maybe some other players who haven't had... You know, a good little stretch here a la Francesco Molinari, who has not been the same player since the 12th hole at the 2019 Masters. Now, Bob, I'm going to ask you a question that I also asked you on Speed Golf on Tuesday on SportsCenter and TSN.ca. 
Rory McIlroy is the top-ranked player in the world right now. Does he end 2023 as the world's number one? I, I think he does. I mean, there's also there's red flags saying that maybe he won't do that. I mean, he is uh, still front and center. He's going to have a lot of requests and demands on his time. He's still on the, play, on the pack, the Players Advisory Council. Um, every press conference he's going to have to do at every tournament that he plays. Don't forget the schedule this year with those elevated tournaments is going to be a little bit more demanding. He's going to have some stretches where he's going to play a bunch in a row. So you wonder if the fatigue factor both on and off the golf course will add up. But as, as Mark said, when you look at his golf game, uh, there just doesn't seem to be really any weaknesses. He's got the wedge play worked out. He's got the putter worked out. The rest of his game has always been pretty solid right now. And I think he's got a lot of, um, I don't know what the word is, but maybe it's sort of moxie. I think he's, it's, it's a, a confidence, but in a really kind of internal way. And I think that he really believes in where his game is right now. And I think that he wants to, um, to, 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 to show that off. And I would say the year, though, will, the success of a year will be measured by winning a major or two or three. It, totally. And you, you mentioned that, Moxie. I almost call it like a swagger. Like when, when Rory is confident and he's on, you can see it in the way he walks. You can see how his head is up. He's up. It's almost like, a, like DJ ha- Dustin Johnson has like a, a saunter, if you will, like you can kind of, that's hard to do this on the radio, but you can kind of tell how he's moving and just the way he walks. And Rory McIlroy has got this where his head is bopping up and down and you can tell he's confident and like you can tell that he knows he is the best player in the world. Okay, we got about 30 seconds here. Mark going to ask you, does Rory McIlroy win a major in 2023? Yes, but not Augusta. <gasps> okay, Bob? Uh, I say yes, and it will be Augusta. Wow, okay. Are, are you guys going to throw right, a tea at each it. other now about disagreeing about something? No, okay, okay. We're, good, going, good. we're going inside see, the ring. We're going to wrestle this one out. Bob, Bob, see what he's doing? He's already trying to put a little wrench in the in Weeksino team when we get to Aviara. Him and Nick will, will not, they'll just stoop to any level to try to grab a victory. I mean, I, I might They're be desperate. doing that. I might not be. I mean, I will. I will never tell you guys my secret, but I know that Team Recoil will be having an extensive team meeting, perhaps on the flight, perhaps after the flight. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll be throwing teas at both you guys mid-swing. I mean, only time will tell. But we have to stay tuned to our social channels Thursday and mainly Friday when we uh, take on that Team Recoil against Team. Weeksino, but looking forward to seeing Rory McIlroy. I predicted at the end of 22 that McIlroy would win the Masters in 23. I am sticking to that prediction i think rory will get it done in 2023 at the masters okay on the other side we're going to head to the farmers insurance open and preview the tournament which gets underway in about half an hour now with john rollins who's there for pga tour radio this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by cobble beach georgian bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, our first Wednesday show of the year. Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, 
Mark Zacchino, all previewing the Farmers Insurance Open, which is a Wednesday to Saturday tournament for the second consecutive year. And it gets underway. First tee shot going off in about half an hour's time. And to preview this week's tournament is a three-time winner on the PGA Tour, including the 2002 Canadian Open, a member of the PGA Tour Live team, which you can now see on TSN Plus here in Canada. And this week, he's an analyst for PGA Tour radio coverage of the Farmers Insurance Open. He is John Rollins. John, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Okay, so I mentioned it off the top. The second year of the Wednesday to Saturday finish or tournament, uh, I should say, on the PGA Tour to not interrupt the NFL's Championship Sunday schedule. What are your thoughts there on the ground of this Wednesday to Saturday uh, tournament on the PGA Tour? Yeah, I mean, I kind of like it myself. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we know the reasoning behind uh, making the change and going to this Saturday finish, as you just mentioned, uh, with the NFL, you know, championship, uh, divisional championship Sunday going on and just not really wanting to try to compete, uh, compete with that. So I thought it was a good decision uh, on the farmers, uh, you know, choice and, and, you know, making that change. And uh, overall, I think it's, uh, it's, it's fine. I know the players know that played last week, they know that it's a little shorter week as far as preparation goes, but you know, with the exception of the rookies, I mean, these guys, you know, have all played here. I'm sure a number of times they're familiar with the golf courses. So it's all really just about, you know, getting the speed of the greens, maybe figuring out a couple, you know, club selections off tees, but really I I like to change. Uh, John, what would you, what would you say is going to be, um, the reason why John Rom doesn't win this week. <laughs> Maybe somebody puts better than he does. I, you know, I really don't know. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's gonna. This is a this is a big ballpark this week. Torrey Pines North and South Course. I know the South Course uh, being the host venue obviously gets all the attention and uh, and accolades as well as it should. But you know, the North Course, yes, historically is one that you kind of feel like you need to shoot a score on, but it, it's gotten tougher over the years. I mean, the fairways are very narrow. we got a lot of rough this year, uh, as we typically do here in the San Diego area this time of year, but uh, the rough is particularly thick given the amount of rain that has fallen uh, before the tournament week. Uh, so it's going to be a premium on driving the golf ball. We all know that's something that John Rahm does extremely well. Uh, his iron game, obviously on point. I mean, winning already twice in both of his starts uh, this season or this calendar year, uh, I should say. So he will be a tough, uh, a tough person to beat. Uh, 2017 champion here, and also the U.S. Open champion when it was here at Torrey Pines as well. So he is clearly the favorite, playing the best golf probably in the world right now, and. But it's going to be interesting to see how these players play this golf, these two golf courses this week, and really who can come out on top. Rocket, great to talk to you, man. Been too long. Thanks for doing this with us. Uh, Freddie Albers and I call Torrey Pines and Pebble Beach uh, occasionally the home of the professional 150-yard 7-iron. Can you can you give uh, just a perspective from a player's perspective of when that marine layer comes in and when those temperatures drop, just how that ball just doesn't travel there and that whole element comes into Torrey Pines? Because you mentioned it's already a big ballpark. And if we get some of that, especially in the mornings, I mean, 
it's just it just feels like the longest golf course on the planet, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, it it is. Yes, I mean it's one of those things where again. You know that coming out here, you know, you know, the ball's not going to carry as far, uh, you know, with that marine or when that marine layer, even when it's sunny outside, it, you know, the ball still just doesn't go very far. It's a very heavy, usually kind of a cool, uh, damp air, it seems like this time of year when, you know, when the farmer's uh, insurance open rolls into town. So uh, this is why you normally will see big hitters thrive on this golf course, uh, you know, and this week, just because, you know, carry is so important, you know, whether it's off the tee or being able to get the irons way up in the air and carry the golf ball significant distances. So, uh, you know, you normally see players using all of their, their launch monitors when they're warming up and, and really they're doing that in a sense to get a feel for just how far the golf ball is carrying while they're warming up. So then they can take that information when they're on the golf course, you know, he and this caddy can look back on that. They can, you know, make note of, hey, we were just hitting this same distance on the driving range with our eight iron or seven or whatever the club may be. So they, they've got all that kind of documented. They use all of that information to their advantage. But you're exactly right. I mean, this is an extremely long golf course, so length is uh, definitely paramount. We're in conversation with John Rollins, three-time winner on the PGA Tour. He was a part of the PGA Tour radio coverage this week at the Farmers Insurance Open. And, John, when a lot of people, or maybe the, the common sports fan, thinks of Torrey Pines, they think of some of the great moments at Torrey Pines. They think of Tiger Woods in 2008 getting it done on a broken leg, making that putt on the 72nd hole, the 18th hole. They think of John Rahm, the 2021 U.S. Open, again on the 18th hole, making a side winder for birdie end up winning that tournament. In your mind, what makes the 18th hole A, such a good hole, and B, such a good closing hole at the South Course? Well, I think anytime you have a, a par five that has the risk-reward element that the 18th at Torrey Pines South Course has, I think that provides good drama in itself. Uh, I'm a huge fan of being able to finish on a par five like that. I mean, you even think of, I mean, I know we're talking this week, but you even think of like 18 at Pebble Beach. I mean, that's another hole that provides such great drama down the stretch. And I think that, you know, this 18th hole, given the length that the players hit the golf ball in today's game, a lot of these players are able to reach the 18th and two. So, you know, it provides that if you need an Eagle, maybe to get in a playoff or to win outright, you know, you have that opportunity. And, uh, but at the same time, if you misfire with the lead and you drive it out of play, it's not an easy get back in play, make an easy par and kind of get out of, you know, get out of town with a victory. So I, I just think it's one of those great holes that, you know, you have to execute, but it also gives the player that scenario of potentially a birdie bogey finish or an eagle par, you know, something like that that creates that drama here at the finish. John, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. I'm not sure if you know or if you've had a chance to chat with, but what are your impressions of, of Taylor Montgomery as a rookie coming out? And I know he played the U.S. Open here in 2021, but how hard is it for a a first-timer or a person with very limited experience to get it around on this golf course? Golf courses, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's pretty difficult. I mean, it's not easy. There's a lot, uh, there's a lot that goes into, you know, getting prepped uh, and ready for this event, you know, with the two golf courses. But, 
I mean, let's not forget, this is his second time around here now. He tied for 11th last year. So uh, played very well, you know, had a great showing uh, here at the Farmer. So should be familiar and, and somewhat more comfortable, I would say, given that this will be uh, his second go-around here at the Farmer's Insurance Open. But hits it a mile, great putter, Taylor Montgomery. I think that's really one of those things. His iron game is a little bit, I would say, sort of down compared to the rest of his stats. But, you know, you make up for a lot of mistakes with a great putter, and he has been uh, putting the ball beautifully. His, you know, his performance so far this year in, in, in his rookie, uh, full-time rookie campaign, I mean, he's had nine starts, guys. And his worst finish, 57th, that was back in the Houston Open there in the fall portion of the season. But otherwise, every event he's been in the top 15. Top 10s, top 5s, top 15s. So he has played just incredibly consistent in his rookie campaign. And I think this is honestly a golf course that will suit him because of his length and because of how good he puts the ball. These greens are not easy to make a lot of putts. This Poana gets very fast and get a little beat up at the end of the days. But given the way he puts, uh, I think he's definitely one to keep an eye on this this, this week. John, that's a great segue because that's what I wanted to ask you about. I wanted to ask you about these putting surfaces. You know, obviously, from from my standpoint, you know, from a broadcaster's perspective, I kind of associate them with with Pebble Beach as the, as a as a similar type of putting surface that we get annually on the PGA Tour. And you know, late in the afternoon, they it's like putting on broccoli. I, I always use the terminology. Can can a player get? do anything to get comfortable on these types of greens or are you just uh you're born this part of the world you happen to be comfortable on them you're not scared of the five footer coming back if you have to hit them firm to stay online in the afternoon is there anything a player can do to learn to be comfortable on poa i guess is what i'm asking well you know mark you're spot on with you know players that grow up in this area or on this type of grass they're obviously players that are a little more comfortable uh, with these POA surfaces that they face here, you know, this week at Torrey Pines, at Pebble Beach, at Riviera, uh, a lot on the West Coast here. But, I mean, I think it's all a mindset, honestly. I think a player has to have in their mind that they're going to hit good putts from short distances that don't go in because it catches a, a you know, a, a bounce there on the POA and just bounces enough offline to either catch a lip or, you know, miss, uh, you know, not take the break that they see. And they're going to have to be very accepting uh, of that. But, you know, let's keep in mind as well, agronomy has improved tremendously over the years. Uh, Pebble Beach, the greens there, the last time I was there, they were about as good as I've ever seen them, as fast as I've ever seen them uh, this week as well. Uh, they're still receptive, but they do a pretty good job of getting them, you know, as firm as they possibly can. And I think that's the key with the POAs. Uh, you know, early in the morning, they're really not that bad. Freshly mown, uh, they roll them, they get them pretty firm, pretty tight uh, here this week, and that will help. But, again, I think it really is all down to a mindset for the player just to accept the fact that they're going to hit good putts that don't go in, and the player that can kind of manage those emotions the best is typically the guy that has the most success on these greens. Well, John, it's going to be a fun week. Farmers Insurance Open, first tee shot gets underway about 15, 20 minutes from right now. Thanks for your time today, and uh, good luck on the call throughout the week. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. You guys have a great day. Thank you, you as well. That is John Rollins, three-time winner on the PGA Tour 2002 Canadian Open 
champion. We'll have to have John on again throughout the year because I, I want to ask him all about winning up here in Canada, winning the 2002 Canadian Open. Uh, that'd be great to hear uh, from John. Uh, from John, I almost said John Rollins. John, uh, I almost said John Rom. Sorry, not John Rollins. Anyways. Uh, on the other side, we're going to wrap up today's show. We'll have some leaderboard updates throughout the world of golf. Where are all the tours playing? And we'll recap that. We'll recap our edge picks and look ahead to this week at the Farmers Insurance Open. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 Fit, while the Spike More Traction System will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Wrapping up our first Wednesday show here on Golf Talk Canada, Adam Scully, Bob Weeks, Mark Sacchino. Let's uh, time now for some leaderboard updates. Leaderboard updates are brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in golf. Visit bushnellgolf.com. One tournament going on right now as we speak in Bahamas on the Corn Ferry Tour. Canadian Ben Silverman has actually just teed off in his final round. He's a two-shot lead over at Rafael Campo. Stay tuned to our social media feed throughout the day. Let's see if Ben Silverman can get it done on the here on the DP World Tour, the Hero Dubai Desert Classic, Rory McIlroy. The favorite there in the field making his 2023 debut. Some other notables playing there. Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry, Francesco Molinari, and many more, including some live players also playing in that tournament. And of course, PGA Tour Farmers Insurance Open. The first tee shot will be hit by Adam Shank, Doug Gim, Stephen Moves Like McYeager. They are in the first tee uh, group going off in about 10 minutes time uh, our tsn edge picks of course went out yesterday afternoon normally on a wednesday what's going to happen is they will go out during our radio show because the pga tour generally starts on thursday but this week is wednesday of course with the unique start uh for the pga tour now mark you're you're already uh in california right now and uh, we're going to be joining you weather depending knock on wood in uh, about 24 hours time because we're a going to see you and b we're going to be shooting our tailor made product special how excited are you to not only see us but to shoot this new special yeah no it's a it's been too long since i've seen you guys both in person at the same time it feels like a year i know it's only a couple of months but boy does it feel like a long time and i love starting our year this way you know um we love our friends at tailor made our sponsor they've been with us from day one uh, we love being ambassadors, and it's great to see the crew, uh, our American friends there as well. Um, great to play a little golf with Nick, and I can't wait to try the new gear. You know, I've hit the new gear indoors, um, but I've you know it's it, it always nice to see how it performs off the turf. I'm I'm really excited about the new uh, Stealth Two uh, fairway metals. I mean, 
uh, I was already talking about taking my three wood out of the bag, which I did because my stealth five wood, when I dialed down the loft, I, I mean, I could just, I just hit it so consistent and I hit it so far, uh, that, that having the three wood in the bag, it's just an inconsistent choice for me. And now what they've done with the stealth two uh, plus fairway metals, been able to put that sliding weight and push it up against the front of the face. I mean, that weight adjustment right there is going to make that five wood fly, and you know, another ten yards further, uh, which is just awesome for uh, for someone who's gotten rid of their three wood. So I can't wait to hit it outside. I can't wait to to see the product shoot the show, and I can't wait to for week Sino to go thirty two hundred and thirteen and one. I mean, this number just keeps on changing. Bob, I, I know you've been training long hours. <laughs> you've been in the gym. You've been doing yoga. You're, you're trying to, you know, think of different ways to uh, intimidate Team Recoil here. Well, um, well hold on, hold on. I got to tell you guys. I got to tell you guys something. I, I teased you both something last week. Or, sorry, Monday. On oh, that's right. On Monday. Oh, boy. I teased you on this. Yeah, this new thing I'm working on. Pamphlet. Okay. So, I go out yesterday. I go out yesterday with a with a buddy of mine mm -hmm. at a wonderful golf course that I've, neither one of us have never seen before. Never seen the golf course before. Haven't touched a club in about three weeks' time. Haven't touched a golf club. About maybe twenty golf balls to warm up on the range, just to loosen the back. Three birdies, three three putts. Greens were super tough, even par. I'm telling you, Tough. this system, I can't wait to walk you guys through this system. I cannot wait to walk you through it. Uh, the, the immediate follow-up there is, did you putt right-handed? No. <laughs> no, same. have not changed putters. Actually putted very well yesterday. I know the three three-putts doesn't sound like it, but this golf course is straight up the mountain. And when you are putting uh, downhill to the valley off this mountain, you're also down grain the entire time. I mean, downhill, it's like 14 on the stip meter. And when you turn around, go back the other way, it's like eight or seven on the stip meter. I mean, that's how tough these greens were to figure out. All the three putts came in the first six holes. And then Great. clear sailing after that. There you go. Well, looking forward to seeing you in person, Mark. Uh, stay tuned to our social media channels throughout the weekend. Going to be a fun week for Team GTC. We'll be back Monday at 10 a.m. here on TSN 1050, where we'll recap the Farmers Insurance Open. Will John Rahm win three straight? Will any of the four Canadians in the field make a run at the title? Will Ben Silverman be a champion on the Corn Ferry Tour? We'll be back Monday at 10 a.m. on TSN 1050. Bob, Mark, thanks for your time today. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And remember, the first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More Traction System will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.